Hey guys, welcome back to, to episode 8 of the Brick City Blockhead. I'm one of your host, Sean, and here's Robin. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Robin from the Brick City Blockade podcast. Welcome back to episode 8 of the Brick City Blockade Star Wars podcast. So, we have a lot of things to talk about today. And the first, we got a little uh, more promo, promo to do. So. Yeah, or as Brian Fontaine from Jedi Scavenger likes to call it, plug time. So, you guys need to check out our friends over at O'Neill Cinemas in Epping, New Hampshire at Brickyard Square. I'm telling you, Sean and I, we, we actually, Sean, we were there not that long ago to see Arrival. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we could just talk about Arrival right now for yeah, five minutes. It's true. It's, <laughs> that would be a whole discussion by itself. I mean, this is one of the one of my favorite movies that I've seen in a long time, and Robin agrees. Oh too, yeah, but oh, just absolutely. the whole uh, the whole plot and the whole idea of the movie was just so fascinating. No, oh, it really was. It made you think. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that we don't always like to do. We don't always like to sit there and <laughs> chomp on popcorn or whatever else and really think about our films. But you know what? If you can put a rival next to Star Wars, like in terms of trying to think it out, and you know, it's a very unique film. That's all I'm going to say. Speaking of uh, a rival again, but Forrest Whitaker is in it, who, who also is in Rogue One. Right, yeah. So he had to turn in a performance to get us ready for Rogue One. What do you that. think of his performance, though? Overall, I think, you know, this is the Forrest Whitaker we are expecting. This is the Forrest Whitaker that we've seen over the last couple of years in terms of the films that he's been able to put in. Um, but yeah, I think definitely the Forrest Whitaker that we see in Arrival is definitely the same kind of character that we're going to see in Rogue One. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think it it's one of his characters in Arrival. It's he's like this uh, character. He, he's an army veteran, yeah, mm. and he's just so stern and wants to get things done. And I think Forrest Whitaker's character is going to. In uh, Rogue One, we'll oh yeah, it sounds course. like Saw Gerrera yeah. right off the bat. Like when you hear like a military presence or like what, what Saw Gerrera was was like a bounty hunter that was fighting for the idea of the rebellion. That's the same kind of general you got in Arrival, and it's kind of interesting that they actually decided to keep that same kind of character outline for this film, knowing that people in the back of their mind are saying, "Oh wow, Forrest Whitaker is coming up in Rogue One. Let's uh, pr- you know, showcase him in this same kind of attitude." And I, I think I we'll have to go see it again just to just to <laughs> yeah. I uh, see. Just to get more idea of understanding of the movie, of course, but I also want to see Forrest Whitaker's acting again and yep. compare it when I go see Rogue One in December. Absolutely, and guys, you have to remember Rogue One comes out December fifteenth of this year, so make sure to go over to O'Neill Cinemas, go over to MovieTickets.com. Uh, Rogue One hasn't gone on sale yet, guys, but if you are craving to see a movie like Arrival or anything else, head on over to O'NeillCinemas.com or MovieTickets.com and get your tickets. I love the reserve seating, so you can oh, choose yeah. what seating you have and everything. And we got some pretty good seats for Arrival. Last minute, too. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, let's go see this movie. And we were there in like 20 minutes and bam, in our seats. Well, we to wanted go. to see this movie right when we saw the trailer. Yeah, and absolutely. It didn't let us down at all. No, absolutely. Just like O'Neill Cinemas, they won't let you down. They'll no. get you in your seats and happy and ready for your movie. So, Sean, getting into this week's discussion when it comes to Star Wars, boy, did we have quite a day yesterday. We're we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, Monday was, to say the least, the biggest blow-up in terms of Star Wars news that we've had in quite a bit of time. Yes. Well, yesterday after school, I was uh, I was getting picked up, but we I went to a, a car dealership, and then I, once I got out, I was checking Twitter on like new Darth Maul comic <laughs> series coming. 
I was just hibernating. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you guys remember, uh, it was on BCB Com Call when we did our live episode over on Facebook. Sean was the one who actually predicted that we were going to get a Darth Maul comic. We were talking specifically oh. about where Darth Maul would show up now that we've seen him in Rebels and everything. What other kind of canon content and would we see him in? And my pff, prediction came true. I mean, you got it. Like, I, I didn't believe it at first. So I'm like, this got to be a joke. But it was, yeah. then I saw on Star Wars News. And, and also Jack. Oh yeah, our good friend Jack, Jack over there. Is, he's like, Sean, this is really good for you. Like, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is, yeah. I was the guy who predicted it. Yeah, but making Star Wars, uh, all the others, Star Wars Newsnet, all of these outlets were like really on top of this. And it's uh, from what the fans, what it sounds like, Sean, is uh -huh. that this is going to be the right format. It's a mini series. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, gonna drag out. So it's going to really tell like, like Darth Maul's story. How many uh, uh books? I mean, not books. More like uh, comic books. Do you think they're gonna get? Because that miniseries could be either ten or it could be twenty, depending on how size the the book the comic book series is gonna be. Right, and we kind of saw that originally with the Princess Leia series. Like they didn't really drag out that series very long because we were expecting to see Princess Leia in the Star Wars series, just the overall Marvel Star Wars series. So I think definitely if you want to compare what we're going to see with the Darth Maul comic compared to what Marvel has done in the past with this property, I think you definitely have to align Maul with the same amount that we got from the Princess Leia series. So I would personally say 10 to 12 issues just of really breaking down Maul's story. We've got the Son of Dathomir comic, which uh -huh. came out quite a bit of time ago. That was a comic that really like dug deep into Maul's history and his family and the relationship with the Night Sisters and uh -huh. taking over Mandalore and everything. And I think definitely if we're going to move past that now, I think we've got to really know what when Maul went into hiding, was he trying to find Obi Wan? Like, what was his? Well, like, I think mindset? I think the whole uh, series is going to be it's going to be it's going to be le leading up to Episode One of uh, The Phantom Menace. It's supposed to be taking place before, which I saw on Twitter the other day. But it's gonna it's gonna show like his relationship with uh, like like Qui Gon Jinn. Uh, Qui-Gon Jones is going to make an appearance, I think, which uh, and Obi-Wan and, yeah. Wow, so we're actually talking what Sean yeah, that's, that's, that's my guess. Right, right. I it, mean, for it, me, that would be actually really cool. Right, and it sounds like social media is saying, yeah, we're going to place ourselves before episode one, which is then getting into how did Palpatine find Maul? Like, right. we, like it's more of a Maul origin story now than it is, like, what has Maul done after episode one and, of course, when he was cut in half and... Then you're getting back into the yeah. Son of Dathomir stuff. So yes, I I totally agree with that. Uh, I think that's actually a better timeline for his story is his rise as a Sith Lord and all the hardships that he had went through to get to that point. It's gonna be a, a really dark comic, I think. It, it, yeah. like, I, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the official cover for issue one. It looks so good. Yeah, just the red cover with him on top of it. Like, if it was a black cover, I would have been like, eh, but that red on red just... Ugh. Well, I'm glad they didn't show any lightsabers on there. Too, yes. Which is really cool. Yeah. It's, it's not... Also, I want to know how he got his, a double lightsaber, too. And mm. and I, I feel like it's gonna he's going to show it or or tell the readers or actually show it in the comic. Wow. That would be something else if we could really get to know how he built it. Because obviously Sith Lords have to go through a, a similar thing as Jedi. They have to find their kyber crystals. They have to build their saber. So it's going to be fascinating if we see like a young Maul um, sitting down with Palpatine and constructing his lightsaber and finding those kyber crystals, those red kyber crystals and everything. Mm -hmm. Obviously they're from from some kind of Sith background and everything. So yeah, we don't know. And it's gonna, I think it's Did gonna he go to Korriban to get those 
kyber crystals? Who knows? Did he have to kill someone to get right? Like, right. That, that'd be really intense. Right. Did he have like what Palpatine has done with Vader and everything else? You have to get rid of these other people to become my right hand man, basically. But so. yeah, just look at General Grievous. He had to do all those lightsabers. He had to kill kill him off and. He just started collecting lightsabers from dead Jedi. Yeah. So it's from from what you're saying, Sean. It sounds like we're going to be following kind of a similar path, but much earlier on, like really just where Maul is coming from yeah. and everything, which is really cool. And I think that would be really exciting to see. And of course, Sean was the one yeah. who predicted it, so I got to give him all the credit because that is. I mean, I could did not see that coming. I, I can't. Wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I know he's here, guys. He's like all piped up and everything. He's Woo! ready to go. So, also what we got this week in Star Wars news, Sean, mm -hmm. other than the mall thing, which I think is a really great focus for this yeah. episode, but there is another thing that came out, and we actually got it in three different formats, which I think is really cool, and you guys can go over to the Brick City Blockade blog page, I have that set up for you guys so you can watch these. We got three international trailers for Rogue One, all a little bit different than each other, not just because there's a different language, like there's Korean, or there's Spanish, or there's... Japanese or Chinese. I'm sorry, guys. I kind of missed it. I only saw one international trailer. Was that? I thought there was only one, which I saw the... I think it was the, the Korean one. Yes, the Korean and one. I, I love that one. Oh, great. great Just, I think it's one of my... I think it... Because it kind of reminded me of... Of, it was bringing back the again going back to Olympic trailer and the the news trailer combined. Yeah, which I really liked. Yeah, they took those two marketing approaches that really worked, and they said, you know what, let's mold them together and, the, and let's send this overseas. The thing that caught my eye was Jim Jenner's holding the the Cairo poster. <sighs> We're gonna get into that because I think the first trailer we need to talk about, Sean, is that Korean trailer for Rogue One because there is so and and to Star Wars fans. Some of us may have seen it as being a little spoilerish. However, with Rogue One Catalyst coming out today, it, which we'll talk about a, that in a little the bit. The whole movie's a spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, because we lead right up to New Hope. Great point, Sean. But um, no, I think yeah. that there's, to some Star Wars fans, it's a little spoilery. But again, Catalyst came out today. We'll talk about it later. Mm -hmm. And I think that that stuff is going to be talked about in that book. And for the overseas market who really doesn't know what this story is really about i think it, those little tidbits that they gave us in that trailer really tie some knots that were left open after mm -hmm. the first couple of trailers right well I, yeah i think it's good it's like, let's just break it down yeah. sean let's just go right into it all all the trailers together you know i saw one of the international trailers it's gonna be different of course but but i think it i think each trailer needed something new which which is really good for our, uh, marketing, I think. Yeah, and uh, really to break down what you said, Sean, we did see Jin Erso holding what looked to be a kyber crystal around her neck. Now, whether that is Galen Erso, her father's knowledge of where the kyber crystals are, it was an artifact that he had brought back at one point, and she's wearing it, or physically the planet that they are on holds kyber crystals and is something that natives to that planet do wear, that will be fascinating. Like maybe she... Got it from someone. Mm, which would be a connection, really, to the Star Wars universe. Because Kyber Crystals, obviously, we only know as Sith and Jedi. But I don't think she would randomly find one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's possible, but... It's like finding a penny. Oh, look, I found a penny. Hey, a penny. Hey, a Kyber Crystal. the crabs I was just born in that penny. <laughs> But I mean, it's oh my goodness. Sorry, SpongeBob. No, that's fine. SpongeBob references are a hundred percent okay on the Brick City Blockade Star Wars podcast. But 
I think that there is going to be, I mean, and, and it seemed like th that Korean trailer was like Kyber Crystal, like heaven. Yeah. It seemed like there was I just saw, an extreme couple, focus like, on it. A couple like scenes with Kyber Crystals, even with, with young Jaren too, had one too. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And what fascinating. Like, like, is it, maybe she lost it and then found it again or, or is it? Or is that new one, and she knew about knew about Kyber Crystals before? I mean, of course she does, but right, which kind of made me think is like, how how, how did she <laughs> get it? Right, and there's obviously we're gonna have that answered either in the novel or in the movie. There's another scene, Sean, that I think we have to talk about, and I think we have to really break this down because we've we know what the Death Star is capable of. Right. We really do. Like, we've seen it in A New Hope. We've seen what it became later on in the Star Wars universe when we're talking about Starkiller Base. This is the the foundation of most of the Star Wars universe's, um, really just, I don't want to say Death Stars, but they really are. Oh, yeah. Like, tactical battle stations. And there was one scene where we see the Death Star sitting over Jeddah, and that green shot comes right yeah, yeah, down I saw, yeah. onto Jeddah. And the first thing I thought about is, well, wait a second. We see the Death Star upside down in one of the first few trailers. Now, yeah, I was say, <laughs> do, you, do you think it's reflecting like someone in first person? Like maybe someone's flying, like like it's going flipping kind of. Yeah, right, and, right, right. And it's showing the first person mode. Right, and and I I think that it could be that, or I think that there is something that we're is going to be discussed in the novel that we're going to see in this film. And I'm going to propose this to you, Sean. I'm going to be curious to hear what you think, and you can break this down as well. That the Death Star was never supposed to meant, it was never meant to be upright like the way we see it in A New Hope. The original purpose of the Death Star was meant to be in that position. And we see in another scene where it looks like there's some kind of orb that's sitting over Jeddah that they're attacking, and it's like a force field that they're trying to get rid of. Mm -hmm. The one question I have for you, Sean, is that we see that over Scarif at one point, okay? And you bring up a really good point about reflective power, the ability of taking light and bending it to meet certain directions and everything. And now we're getting into science, yeah. folks. Students, get out your pads, get out your notebooks, get out your pens. We're science is great. Science is good. So, is that pad that sits over Scarif originally over Jeddah, and you notice if the Death Star is flipped like that, does the Death Star at this point have enough power to send a direct... Um, laser straight to Jeddah, or does it have to reflect off of that pad to be able to give it its power? That it's it's absolutely fascinating, and I think that there could be something there. But I'm curious I mean, to hear. You're looking here like like there could be something. Like, I don't know. like it could be it could be something like of course like science or maybe they have it's something with gravity maybe mm. or using the force and they're using it to destroy it. I think maybe right. I mean, there's many possibilities. We don't know. Right. I mean, I think you bring up a really excellent point about it. Yeah, and I, I don't know. There's something about the Death Star seeing it flipped. And you bring up another great point, Sean, when you were talking about how we see the Death Star. Now, in some scenes, we see it flipped upright. But, in, in, of course, in these other scenes, we see it flipped the other way, and it looks upside down. That could be based on the planet's gravity. You know, they could be really just a We know that the Death Star physically moves and it turns yeah. and it does things. It could be an original aiming system of that Death Star that maybe it couldn't do it upright. It had to be flipped over to aim at certain. Maybe there's just two or three. <laughs> <laughs> right, then we're digging into Star Wars Legends. Then we're talking about multiple Death Stars being. I mean, that would actually really good. If there's another Death Star out oh, there. Oh, man. Oh. 
That, that would that would uh, that would confirm legends that Palpatine has another. Just see like a, like there's two on screen. Oh my god, see it. that would be. Oh, I don't know. I don't even. Five know bucks on call. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the Darth Maul one right. You might as well put it on something. So yeah, I think that no gambling, guys. <laughs> yeah, children out there, no gambling until you're over the age of 21. Even then, depends don't do where it. you are. <laughs> exactly. Um, and depends what you're gambling on. Yes. Absolutely. So, I think the, the the last point I want to make about this international trailer, and there's another scene that really grabbed my attention, and it probably grabbed yours. If we're Star Wars fans, mm-hmm. most likely the things in the trailer that grabbed our attention, we're on the same wavelength yeah. about it. So we, after that Death Star scene, we see Vader turn around, and I, yeah, I, yeah, I was about to say that too. <laughs> like we we when we saw the Star Wars trailer at Arrival, I mean. That Vader scene when he walks in and Krennic is standing did, there. Did it, it feel? Really like, did it feel like he was walking faster? In the, yes, in he was. So, yes. Like, what? Were these? Was it the same shot or different? Or using different shots? Right. Like, a re, like, was that purpose? He was walking fast to him. Right, like, and and I think that that answer again is going to be que- is going to be answered. Question. Uh, my question is going to be answered. I said answer. It's going to be answered, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, question is going to be answered in this film pretty quickly. And when we see Vader turn around, do you notice his hand motion? Yeah, he was like... Like force choking yeah. somebody. That's what it looked like. Or he was really upset about It was about from something. the distance, though. And then the, exactly. the other guy was there, like, maybe it was Jin or something. And right. Jin's coming up, and maybe she has... Maybe he, maybe Vader wants the kyber crystal from Oh, she, there's from something Jen. about that kyber crystal she's wearing. See, this is all connecting, guys. This is the whole point of the discussion. And there's something about that Krennic invader meeting that and I can guarantee you that's not on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it when that scene opens. It looks like it's probably on Scarif somewhere because we see obviously in the right. first trailer that Krennic is walking onto the um, island planet of Scarif. So it wouldn't surprise me. And this I'm, this is just a hundred percent prediction. It's not really spoilers or anything. That that scene and you like you said, Sean, he's walking faster. He's on a mission. He has somebody in mind that he needs to get rid of. And of course, we see with Anakin Skywalker as he progresses to Vader. Anybody that stands in his way of getting things done and letting the Emperor complete his journey as the Emperor in the ultimate yeah. rule of the galaxy, that scene, most likely, this is a prediction, that is the scene where we see Vader kill off Krennic. The way he is moving, yeah. the way we see Krennic, like, like in, you know, with water being splashed on his face and everything. He's somewhere inside of Scarif, and Vader's like, that's it, you let this happen, dude. I'm not letting you off this time. And he's gonna kill him off quickly so that nobody remembers. Oh, where, where, where did Krennic go, guys? Like, do we, do we know what happened to him? He's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously he's not in the picture anymore. But what do you think, Sean? Do you think that that scene there, that marketing piece is Vader killing off Krennic? Is it killing off someone? I don't know. It could be, could be physically hurting someone, not actually killing them maybe i don't know it's vader but i think for the for that i think it's too predictable i think i mean i think he's gonna do it like later or before that scene yeah i mean like it could be yeah. it could be anything it could be just um just doing the wave <laughs> <laughs> he, could, he, could, he could be listening to the hamilton soundtrack or something and just bumping no i'm kidding no. uh but <laughs> and what would be great in that scene is when he's going like this Honestly, if, I, if James Earl Jones uttered the lines, you have failed me for the last time, Krennic, oh my god, I would just, oh, just that iconic line in just like a moment. Like honestly, that I, don't, I don't think it could be Krennic getting choked, but that particular scene, he'd probably get choked later. I think it's Jen Erso, um, I think, just 
just because how the international trailer is put together. Right, so you're <laughs> looking at the physical aspect of it, of how this trailer is being pieced together to... I mean, that's, what, it's that's what the trailer is supposed to do, I think. <laughs> right, that's the purpose well, of And the that, that's my guess. I mean, I could be 100% wrong. I could be 100% <laughs> right. I don't know. Guys, we don't pretend to know. We're just here to talk about it. Yeah. We don't know much. We're just getting ready to get into this movie and get ready for December 15th release. We're really excited about it, guys. So I think specifically, we see these three trailers come out and everything. Mm -hmm. And obviously we see Vader, we see the Death Star. And I, I, I'm gonna say this, Sean, I, I have almost, I, and it's not that I love Felicity Jones, like I have a passion for her as a woman or as an actor <laughs> or anything. Like like I'm a, I'm a Felicity Jones, like real big, you know, I don't wanna say a fan girl, but. <laughs> No, you can be a fangirl. I'm a fangirl fan of a lot of things, <laughs> but we're not going to get into that, but Daisy Ridley. Yeah, I know. Uh, but um, no, I just the way Jin Erso's character is now finally starting to develop, and I think the Korean trailer did such a good job of really like taking... I, I'm getting the same feeling with Jin that I did with Rey yeah. at parts. It's that same character, like we see that she's obviously, it looks like she knocks out a rebel soldier when they go to like save her and stuff. So obviously yeah. it's like that real hard nose, like I don't care who you are, if you're gonna get in my way or not, I don't I don't. I don't are. want her to be exactly like, I wanna be no. a, a lot different than her, but right. have similar personality, qualities. yes, similar qualities. Because I love that, I, I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> I love these woman leads movies. Yeah. And I think we shouldn't get more. Yeah. Or even, uh, like a Chinese actress or... Right. Yeah, like the, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, any equality stuff. Right, right. So you're, you're giving equality in front of the, in front of the screen. You're le allowing multicultural artists yeah. to come out and Thank portray you. characters in the Star Wars universe. And I think that's 100% correct. Having these female leads is huge. And we talked about this in our first couple of episodes. Having a female lead in these films is making a big big difference in terms of who's coming to the theater. Fathers are coming with daughters. Fathers are bringing their wives yeah. and daughters. Daughters and mothers are going to see these films. I mean, it's so nice to see this, and I think Jen is going to continue to connect the female aspect of the Star Wars I, universe for, to, for me, I think, to going this. back to Arrival, I think she's gonna have a similar quality to uh, Amy Jones. Amy Jones. <laughs> Felicity Jones, Amy Adams together. Amy Jones, no, Amy Adams' character. Yeah. Uh, I figure her name. I just saw this on Saturday. I figure her name, but I think it's got the same quality. Yeah, you're 100% right. She has so much insight and she has so much knowledge that not only is it a good thing, but it can also be the deciding factor in what the reality that they see at the end. And um, yeah, I mean, I think Rogue One is just as we move closer and closer and closer. I don't know if we need any more trailers, Sean. I no. think we it, it, are it, done after the international trailers. Yeah. We've got we, we, we have a, we had a month to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> we got a really we got some time to really dig deep into this and really get into what we are talking about here. But yeah, I think again, Sean, these international trailers were a great thing. We saw them come out. We're really ready to go with yeah. this movie at this point. And speaking of Rogue One, Sean and I mentioned this a little bit of time mm -hmm. ago. Um, Rogue One Catalyst comes out today. It came out today. Yeah. It came out today. It comes out today. It's already out, guys. And you're probably listening to this episode right now. Or so if we're releasing out in the future, be it came out a couple days ago. Right. Exactly. Um, so thank you, Sean, for connecting our reality to past reality. 
Kind of like a rival. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say that. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. But um, waving, my, waving my hand if you can't see it. <laughs> but I think that Rogue One Catalyst is going to answer a lot of the questions we've discussed on episode eight here. I think that a lot of the discussion of Vader's role, Krennic's role, and really it just, it, it seems like just, it, if we know James Luceno as an author, I don't know if you've read a lot of his novels, Sean. Well, what has he done? What else has he's he done? done he's, the, done. he's done the Tarkin novel. He's done, um, oh, I can't remember some of the other ones, but James Luceno has always done books about darker characters in the Star Wars universe. So in this, I don't really expect um, Rogue One Catalyst to necessarily talk about Jyn Erso. I think you have to mention that story here. It's it's gonna, I think you, I think it's gonna dig deeper and add some new characters that's not on the screen, and it'll maybe legends. Right, and, and start to tie in some of that. And we actually talked about that. I remember at our Star Wars Day Live event on Facebook Live. I mentioned when we're, when could we possibly see Thrawn or anything in this. I haven't heard anything about from readers yet. Thrawn, if if Thrawn comes up, I don't, in the think, he, I don't think he's gonna come up in the movie. I think he could. Maybe I'll press for the book. I he's. I think he will be in it. I think. Yeah. I mean, or at least be mentioned in it. Right, and that's it. One hundred percent, Sean. You're one hundred percent right. I think you do have to mention him, and I said this on our Facebook Live event. That you do have to mention, like, yeah, you know, we're working on the Death Star, we're working on the exhaust po port, which obviously uh, they never took care of, a Womp Rack and still get into that. And, yeah, we got Thrawn out in the Outer Rim taking care of some business for us. So I think that you could definitely tie in Thrawn in that way. And it would be kind of cool just reading it. Yeah, so do you think that. any other characters from Rebels will be included in uh, Rogue One Catalyst? That's Since, really I, I don't know when... When when they got written? Yeah, Rogue One Catalyst is is has it been in works for a couple of years? It's been like a year. Yeah, no, Rogue One Catalyst. Obviously, James Luceno jumped on this this project yeah. as soon as they started discussing the the creation of Rogue One. Yeah, so those have been a couple of years, right? Right. So, so and Re Rebels been out for a couple of years. Yeah, too. absolutely. So, so it could, it, it's a possibility. Yeah, that Dave Filoni and James Luceno sat down and said, you know what? Maybe we could talk. Of, maybe maybe and it might not happen right away on Rebels. But if we see Saw Gerrera come up in Rogue One Catalyst, yeah, you might see in the next couple of episodes Saw Gerrera come up in Rebels or something. Uh -huh. like, you know what I mean? Just to say, you know, people who have read the book, they're like, oh, wait, there's that connection. There's where Saw Gerrera was. Um, and I definitely think that we can see that develop. But I'm really excited about this novel. I mean, I feel like we're getting <laughs> just just piles and piles and piles of awesome content from Star Wars. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not complaining. No, no. I think it's going to be, for me... Because I like uh, reading dark novels, but I think I like it's going to be more, more enjoyable than the Force Awakens novel. I think it's going to dig deeper, and it's going to be less family friendly for a book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I could, I don't know if that's the right word. No, for it that, is. But. No, you're right. You're right. It's not. It's not a book you hand a twelve year old to read. It's going to be not not like the Force Awakens is right. for everyone, and that's a, that's also a good book too. So yeah, it and, is very well written. Um, no, I think Rogue One Catalyst, like you said, Sean, it's going to be darker. I think you're going to see more of a focus on the Empire and Galen Erso's involvement in the Empire. Like, he's obviously like the Oppenheimer, the, the atom bomb creator kind of character. He's the one who has created the Death Star, the plans of it, where the Kyber Crystal's coming from. Not really a spoiler, guys. Obviously, we know the Death Star's powered by a yeah. Kyber Crystal. But I think that it's going to really be like the relationship between Galen Erso the Empire now, and maybe even Krennic. Now, do you do you think in in the Catalyst, you, it can, even though it came out, do you think it's gonna say anything about 
uh, the new uh, New Hope. Anything? Oh, so at like, the end I of mean, Rogue like, Academy. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna add like I don't because it's a book. It's gonna probably it could be add on going to the New Hope maybe. Right. So my prediction on that, Sean, and you can share your thought on this. I would not be surprised if at the end of this novel. We have a scene where you just have... Like, just like a few pages and like Wait, that. not even that. I think just even one page where you have a major general on one of the Star Destroyers or like Or like a uh, prologue, maybe? Yeah, you could even have that at the end. Like, I see what you're saying to lead up to what would be A New Hope. The only thing I would be concerned about is that that would be a spoiler for the movie in a way. Like, maybe they want to save that scene for the movie. But again... They don't have to say it right out front. They can be like quiet about it. They could say something like, uh, they have an Imperial general on board and they say, sir, a rebel a rebel fleet has come into our scanners. And that's yeah. when the Tantine One shows up and everything. And yeah. that's when they pursue it. That it's could just like one that. sentence and just say, right. right. One sentence, boom. That's I mean, I, I think that would work well. Just yeah. one, like one sentence. Right, and then that wouldn't spoil the movie because they would physically, they could physically show them chasing after them. And I would love it if they just used that scene from A New Hope, but just kind of, like, like lifted it. You know what I mean? Just kind of like modernized it a little bit. And oh, just and left the, it and off the new, right and there. The new movie. Yeah, yeah. J- just at the end of Rogue One or something. Just show that scene, but just bring just, it up just, to another one. I just show the movie right <laughs> after. <laughs> show A New Hope right after the film ends. That'd be cool. I think during Star I mean, Wars. I, I think I mean that's a good idea for future like events for movies. Oh like, yeah, one hundred percent. You could market that like crazy. You could show Rogue One and then A New Hope and have have people sit in their seats and literally have it back to back, so it shows from scene to scene how those two stories connect and. Find Finally, that would end the confusion that everybody has about this film, yeah. too. It really would. And, uh, boy. Just, just release it in the IMAX, maybe. Right. And I mean, we they, saw that they great IMAX yet, poster. Right? No, that great IMAX poster that came out, though. Oh, God. The leaking ink with that's all the so, characters that's so inside cool. of it. Oh, man. That's that's a discussion already, Sean. It's just, like, how that... It, and there's really a that, focus now on that the belly. Now, that's a poster I'll put on my wall. Yes. 100%. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's one of the best posters I've seen for Rogue One. Or oh, it is. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, it's very creative. It's very dark. Like, you see the very bright background, but you just see that big I, I just, I just love posters when they have ink and all that. <laughs> yeah. No, they're really cool. It's, it's, I think it's the first one Star Wars really has done with that. Like, fan posters usually have, like, an ink running or something. Yeah. This is the first major the, Star the, Wars. The official, yeah. The official, like, IMAX poster. Oh, so, yeah. So... A couple, so a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about guessing about uh, are we gonna see another poster? <laughs> and I guess here, here it is, new poster. Yeah, the new IMAX poster. And you kind of predicted that. You said, Sean, in I believe it was episode four or five, you had said that yeah, if we're going to get an IMAX poster for this, it's going to be different from the rest of the posters. We were gonna get a focus on the just rebellion. Make, just characters. make that two out of two for me. <laughs> yeah, between the Darth Maul comic and the, and the Rogue One IMAX poster. poster um, if if I get, if I get anything right in this episode, send me money. No, I'm kidding. Don't send me money. <laughs> exactly. Just give me a high five when you see me. Yeah, there we go. At one of our many events that we're gonna have coming up. So yeah, yeah speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just finish up. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's okay. No, we, we're so excited, guys. We got a lot to talk about here when it comes about upcoming events. But Rogue One Catalyst out today. Make sure to go to your local bookseller, Barnes and Noble. Doesn't matter. Pick up a copy of it and let the discussion begin. Go over to the Brick City Blockade on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Share your thoughts. Send us your selfies yeah, so, with the book so and everything. We, so yeah, for I don't know if you guys want to do if. 
we're, we're going to, of course, be the Bogorn Catalyst. You, you guys, uh, the fans, you guys want to have us discuss the book itself as a full episode? Tweet us in if you guys want to or ask us. Yeah, have like a special mini episode just talking about the book at some yeah. point. Like break down each piece and kind of really get into it. That'd be great, Sean. Great, great idea. I, that, I think the fans or, would like or that. we can do that after when it comes out. Yeah. So people don't want to get spoiled. What do you guys want to do with it's all about you guys. It's all about the Star Wars fans. Give, making ideas, guys. <laughs> so, Sean, I think we now have to get into We've talked about Rogue One. We've talked about the book. We've talked about everything leading up to this film. And the uh-huh. best part about Rogue One is coming next year after Rogue One comes out, we have a whole scheduled tour. We're calling it the Future of Star Wars Tour uh-huh. through the Brick City Blockade Star Wars and podcast. so far, we have confirmed... Six, right? Well, we haven't really confirmed. Not, not confirmed, but but we have one on the table right now that we can give you a date and a location for, and it's in Avon, Connecticut. We're heading back to Connecticut. We're going to be uh-huh. at Avon Con 2017. It's called the Villains Rise. So I think we're going to really focus this panel on the villains of Star Wars. Now that Rogue One is going to be out after uh-huh. that time, we can talk about Krennic. We can talk about Vader. We and we'll can talk, talk about, about the characters. Dark Maul comics, and it'll be it'll be out then. Right. Maybe. We don't know yet. We don't know the release date on that yet. So. Right. So I think that really the focus of Avon Conchon for us is going to be on the dark side and all these other characters and the Empire itself. And of course we're going to talk about oh, yeah, of course. the Jedi. The light side. <laughs> Go dark side. <laughs> but yeah, Avon Con 2017 at the Avon Free Public Library in Avon, Connecticut, just outside of Hartford, guys. We're going to plan on a meetup event the day before the con. It'll probably be that Friday night. Um, and we're going to meet up and we're going to talk Star Wars before our panel the next day, which is going to be really exciting, Sean. And yeah. I'm really excited to head back to Connecticut, my home state. We're going back again. Yeah. Go Huskies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. It'll be it'll be right around March Madness time. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to start doing it. Maybe we'll do a, a special uh, Star Wars March Madness thing. <laughs> That'd be really cool, actually. That, that would actually be a ton of fun. Do like a, a Star Wars bracket of something. Well, StarWars.com did that last year, but I'd really like to do like a Legends bracket or like, something. Like, like what's your favorite character versus that one? That's what they did for the Star Wars.com. Right. Canon versus Legend. Ooh, yeah. That would be really cool. Ideas, guys. <laughs> yeah, keep sending them in um, and uh, keep following us, guys, over... On Facebook, you can follow us, like us over on Facebook at the Brick City again, Blockade Star Wars Podcast. And again, we we have another con coming up in December with uh, Big Apple Con. Yeah, well, that will be in March. I mean, not Big Apple Con. <laughs> it's yeah. so hard, guys, to, to know all these things. We're talking with New York WinterCon about WinterCon. Yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be heading to the Mid Atlantic region um, for the end of December and into next year, hopefully. Uh, and. Yeah, we're gonna ask. We're gonna probably ask someone, one of the guys, instead to film us or do a Facebook Live again. And it seemed like the last in Hartford, not Hartford, uh, Portland. Uh, Portland, they people loved uh, the live stream, even though yeah. it was cut off half. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, three point five geeks did a wonderful job of filming right. that, so we want to shout out them for that. But Sean, a lot of great Star Wars news this week that we broke down. Guess what time it is for us? It is plug time. Plug time. For everything that we are doing here. So, Sean, where can the Star Wars fans follow you? They can follow me on Instagram, Zone2434. Follow me on uh, Twitter, Sean Michelle one and add me on a friend request on Facebook. And, 
Yeah. Check out all of his awesome stuff. He's also got – he's working on some musical stuff. He's yeah, I, got a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah, I do have a single on Bandcamp. Band camp, if you uh, search Zone Zone Z, and I, I, right now I have a, a two singles up on there, but I will be releasing a album soon. But if you guys want to support me and buy it, it's your choice. <laughs> guys, I, I'm, I'm telling you, make sure to support Sean. He's doing some great stuff in his music and everything, and, so 100% get behind that. Maybe I'll add, add some music on at the end of this. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, so listen up for that. Um, you guys can follow me, Robin Vote, uh, at Mr. Vote Tweets on Twitter. You can go over to Facebook, send me that friend request. Uh, you can also go over to Instagram and follow me at the official vote. And of course, follow the Brick City Blockade Star Wars podcast across social media. You guys can check me out on BCB Com Call Star Wars News Show every Tuesday night. And make sure to check out Rebels Recap. We've been off a couple weeks, Brian and I, because of Rebels t- kind of taking a little bit of a siesta here and there. Well, I think it's because of football, I think. Yeah, football and just the scheduling and the elections and everything, which we're not going to get into. But Vader uh, 2016. Vader <laughs> 2016. Vader didn't get it. I don't know why. He should have won with Palpatine. But make sure to like us across BP. there. And uh, again, Rebels Recap is back on this Sunday. Um, Brian and I will be on YouTube Live. We'll be talking about this week's episode of Star Wars Rebels. Again, make sure to uh, follow O'Neill Cinemas on Twitter and face and like them on Facebook. Follow their Instagram. They've been a real help for us. So yeah, thank you, we thank love, you guys. We love O'Neill Cinemas over there in Epping. Great place to go see a movie. And of course, JediScavenger.com. We want to thank Brian for all of his support. So make sure to go over to JediScavenger.com. Go on to Twitter, Facebook. Like his page and also go over to Instagram. He's got some great pop vinyl stuff that he's been doing of lately and getting into Black Series figures and everything and talking about release dates when it comes to the figures. But yeah, great, great stuff, guys. Really excited. Thank you guys for listening to Episode 8 of the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast. I'm Robin. I'm Sean. And may the the Force be with you. Always.